Blog Talk Radio. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpete. Everybody. Hello there. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 305, our fifth episode of the new year, 2012. It's Thursday, February the 9th, 2012. I am one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, otherwise known as Sam Pete, around these parts. And uh, I'm joined uh, by my co host, my partner in grime, my partner in remaking the Queensryche album, Operation Mind Crime. Brian, Calniva, Calpino, Caliente. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, Bri. Hi, Steve. Hi, you're Bri. I'm wow, Bri. wow, wow, wow. We got an echo. We got an echo. Where's the echo coming turn, from? Turn your radio off, Cal. Turn your radio off. Hold on. Oh, my it's gosh. A, for That's I weird. I have a plan I do not have yet. <laughs> turn, turn your radio off. What is happening? That's strange. Everything's off. How's that? Weird. Maybe it's me. I turn, I turn my lights off. I don't know. <laughs> turn, PJ, turn turn off your dishwasher. Got that it. Is it the problem? Is it better now? Let's see. No, it's still there. Do you hear it? I don't I hear, hear it. it. Oh, maybe it's just me. No, no, no. Right. I no. got your echo. I have full echo on you guys. I. You know what? I've had a couple of drinks. I don't know why it's echoing. Welcome to the show. I wonder if that's on my end. Could that be on my end? Is your phone very loud? Is your headset very loud? My headset might be very loud. There we go. There we go. How's that? You know what? We spared no expense. Production value for the show is through the roof. Listen, I will accept accept your apology. close to your mouth in general. I always held the microphone too close to my mouth. Welcome to the show, everybody. Episode 305, the first pre or post-football episode of Ready to Love with Cal and Sam P. Talking New York sports with you, not at you, etc., etc. E pluribus delicatum. You lose. You get nothing. Hi, Cal. <laughs> Hi. Did you like my uh, new intro? Yeah, that was good. There was it. I it definitely you definitely put some thought into it. <laughs> I was thinking about that all day. Yeah, I can tell. And then it's like, don't blow the line. Don't blow it. 
I don't think you did, except then when the echo got involved, it really mucked up everything. It really did. But we there's no take twos in live radio. No way. We're, we're doing a podcast, yeah, but we're not going to fix that in post. You know why? It's live, baby. This is live. It's live. <laughs> Coming to you from Bayside, New York, Comac, New York. We're going to talk about uh, the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the NFL season being over. Maybe talk about the draft a little bit. What are the Jets going to do? What are the Giants going to do? The champions? The Super Bowl champion Giants, Cal? Yeah. See, some people wonder with this podcast if this is how I normally talk. Like, is this a normal phone conversation with us? I say it is. It is. I can vouch for that. (laughs) You be the judge of that. You've been doing this for years. You sound exhausted. Sigh. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, in the fun load, we're going to talk a little bit about John Tavares and how he is uh, the Islanders single-handedly, or the Islanders superstar who is single-handedly saving sports for Cal and I right now. Yeah, until tonight. Until th- They lost tonight, Brian. Don't do that. Why? They lost, they're they're going to lose tonight. That's okay. They've been red hot, hot as a firecracker. They got not get carried away. They were eleven five and two. They were six zero oh, and two in their last eight. Bry, that's not quite. No, not six zero oh, and two. Six one and two. Sorry. Right. That's not quite a firecracker. Pretty, pretty good. Well, but look, Tavares. We've talked about it. John Tavares becoming a budding NHL superstar on our little team that may be in Quebec next year. No, no, they're not going to Quebec. Well, they can't go anywhere until 2015. That's correct. Anyway, we're going to talk about Johnny T. Helping us to cope with being Met, Jet, and Islander fans right now. But before we get to that, let's let's bring in PJ, right? Let's bring in our producer and say hello to him. Because we were just completely engaged in a, uh, a conversation wow. about... Was that Lenny or Squiggy? Were you doing a Squiggy? I think that's Monroe. Uh, Mr. Rosh. <laughs> hey, Mr. Rosh. <laughs> My name. I was going to say Mr. Knight. I knew that was wrong. Mr. Rush, you, of course. You, 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 Monroe. <laughs> of course, the brilliant. My daughters. And mm. nice. <laughs> My, My two super hot daughters. Mm. Mm. Good thing you're gay, Monroe. Otherwise, I'd be really suspect of you living downstairs with my two super hot daughters. I'd like to mow my lawn. Hmm? <laughs> Jeez, Mr. Rush, nobody knows I'm gay. 1984. <laughs> no, none of us were hip to that in 84. No way. And if they are, nobody's going to say it. I'll be in the center square. <laughs> he was the in the box. Hello. What's you in the center square? He's never in the center. He's always in the top left. I, Cal, I think you've been drinking. He was. Uh, that's the second reference to drinking I made. He was definitely in the center square in the later. Yeah, year. no. Spent a good long time in the center square. Not in always. In the center? Though. No, yeah, not, not, not always. Start, right, but he's, but he's, he became the Paul Lind. Yeah. You know what his middle name is, right? Lind. Jim J. Bullock. What's the J stand for? Oh boy. Paul Lind. It stands for Paul Lind. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever, listen, whenever John Davidson went to him in the center square, you're right, it was the center square. He would always call him Jim Jackson Bullock. That's right. <laughs> well played, Cal. Uh, 
PJ, did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. And, and your I thoughts? Loved it. Your thoughts on? See, I we were going to talk about this last week in the Super Bowl show, but we didn't get a chance to. So I want to talk about it now. Um, I, I I don't need to hear your commentary on the game, Peach. What I want to know nice. is, yeah, no, good, fine. Look, you're the everyman. Okay, we know that. <laughs> we have established roles on the show. I'm the loudmouth, talky guy. Cal's the uh, the intellectual, and you're the everyman. I'm the knuckle dragger. Thank you. That's correct. Um, Thank you. Why does it seem that the halftime entertainment for the Super Bowl is on a you know eighteen year relevancy uh, delay? <laughs> like, oh, I got something for that when you're done. You know how, yeah. but you, you know how like radio is usually on like seven second delay. Right. Yeah. The, the entertainment the relevance of the halftime show is right. It's two decades off. It's it's on twenty year delay. Yeah. Like why Life is the history? Everyone must stand alone. Wow. True words have never been said. Their defense... (laughs) I wish I hadn't said it. Their their defense is they're playing it safe in the wake of the nipple slip, which no one cared about. Not really. Yeah, how'd that work out this year when MIA gave the finger? Well, you know. Too young. Who's MIA, by the way? They cast too young. Don't know. I, I and and I'm, I'm I guess I'm dating myself here, and <laughs> it makes me unhip to not know who MIA is. Maybe her name was just Mia. Maybe her name is Mia, and I got it wrong. <laughs> Never heard of him. Get a finger. <laughs> He's a nice boy. That MIA. <laughs> what did they do? <laughs> but it, uh, I I remember two Super Bowl halftime shows that I want to bring up in the last ten years that were to me very good. One was Prince. I thought Prince that was the uh the Bears Colts uh Super Bowl. I, I thought I thought Prince was killer. Yeah. Tell me tell me Prince didn't tear it down. And he and he played a Foo Fighters song without even telling them he was gonna do it. Right. Like that was got tremendous. Real, got mad guitar skills too. Yes, he does. Well I mean we could have a whole podcast on the underrated guitarists of all time and, and of course you would lead that podcast, PJ, because you're a guitarist, but I'd be so good at that podcast, I wouldn't even show up. <laughs> it would That's be pre-recorded. Good that. Right, it'd be pre-recorded. Um, That's right. Peach, Peach I, I, I understand that they're going to play it safe and stuff. What did you think of Madonna's performance? Wait, hold on. But what was the second one? You said Prince. What was the other one? That was uh, great. Yeah, Prince you said it? there were two. No, that's it. Okay. McCartney? You t- you like well, McCartney? Good. McCartney was – oh, you too. That's what I was saying. Thank you, Cal. I was thinking of you too. You two was solid. You two had me in tears. Wow. I never cried at a halftime show until you two played. <laughs> was there a danger of that for other halftime shows? Like, There's do you usually get very emotional at halftime? Of, there is always a danger of me bursting into tears, especially yeah. during performances. The Bishop Pop culture. Was. For me, it was Kinda. The Who. The that Who? The Who never that played. Was the one that, yes, uh, last year. Last oh, year right. I was crying. Speaking on, uh, of being on a 20-year revel- <laughs> relevancy delay, The Who hasn't been relevant in 30 years. Yeah. Are you kidding? They had The Who last year. Who's next next year? Who's next? See, that's the new... In their defense, McCartney does release new material. <laughs> Springsteen does release new material. And even Madonna releases new material. The Who well, that hasn't was released the... new material since 1987. That was no. one week part of her show there was her new song. 
Well, oh, probably, oh, part of the negoti- probably part of the negotiation. Well, at least a minute of it has to go to the single. Yeah. No, and she then, did, she'll, then she'll drag out the greatest hits. She did three old songs and one new one. And our buddy, Dr. E. Ray Stat, uh, playing the role of Vegas Johnny, uh, came up with the brilliant prop bet that he texted out to us right before the halftime show. And he said, you know, he heard through the grapevine. I didn't even know he had access to a Madonna grapevine. But he heard through the grapevine that she was going to play three old and one new. And he threw out, uh, what did he throw? He threw out Vogue. He Express threw, Yourself, which Express was they didn't play. And Like a Prayer. So he had two of the three. Well, Lady Gaga currently owns Express Yourself, so Madonna can't do it anymore. Shut the front door. Is that true? No, but have you heard that song that Gaga has that is Express Yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, look. You know, everything's derisive of everything else, right? I mean, everything's... Th- there's nothing new to do in music. Maybe derivative. I don't know if it's derisive. derivative. Derivative. <laughs> it's also derisive. It's also a dividing I- factor. Look, sometimes I misuse the language, okay? Sometimes Mis- I miss I misremember. Sometimes I misremember. Sometimes I misremember things, all right? right? Also divisible. It's also indivisible, indivisible with liberty. with liberty and Lady Gaga for all. Okay, so Peach, give me uh, your ranking on Madonna's performance. Don't rank on Madonna's performance. Like in a, like in an eighth grade sense, like you're totally ranking on her. Well, I don't know. I I really could not tell how much she was doing live. And it, it annoys me when they lip sync at the big game. That's what we said. Um, our buddy, my, our, our buddy the, the show's buddy, Jay Mafali, uh, a sound engineer like yourself, PJ, and also of the Yayas, uh, the mm-hmm. great folk group, the Yayas. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about the next day at work. He said, Madonna often sings along to a track. And he yeah. thinks that's he thinks that's what she was doing. So she yeah, wasn't. At one, at one she point, wasn't I did catch her breathing. So I knew that I knew that her mic was live. Right. It, but it was too balanced and it was too pretty to be <laughs> to be you know. Yeah, but they but Peach they also have live auto tune. You know that. I mean, they have live auto tune now. Yeah, they developed that for Ozzy Osbourne in the eighties. <laughs> Is that a true story? True story. That is a true story. It's about a blind superhero? Is that a true story? Mick Jagger, uh, Mick Jagger used to travel uh, during, during his uh, poor health days, which I think he's passed now. He used to travel with a vocal double. Ah, and that, that, that was like a singing in the rain thing where they were singing he was, backstage. He sang, he sang the whole show with Mick Jagger, and if Mick Jagger started to go sour, they potted Mick down and they potted the other guy up, and you never right. knew. I bet you that's what Madonna had. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And by the way, how is Mick Jagger better? He better does not the harmful things he used to do. That, that's but, all I'm but, saying. But, uh, how do you live that sort of life and, and go through a phase? And, and you're talking about this phase like in his 40s, right? Through the 80s. How old would he, would he have been through the 80s? That's yeah, like when in I heard his 40s, he was, 40s, early 50s. What is he no. now? <laughs> Wait a minute. Early, early 50s. Is he in his early 80s now? I mean, uh, no, he's in, but he's in his 40s. He was, is, is he not older? Is he not as old as Lennon? Uh, Lennon was born in 40. Yes, that's correct. Mick Jagger, 80. Yeah, yeah. Mick Jagger wasn't born in 40. Why wouldn't he be? He just, I'll, I'll, he wasn't. I'm, I'm hitting the Wikipedia. You, you keep, I got him. Hold on. Thank you. 
1943. Okay, 43. So he's in his 40s in the 80s. All right, I give you that. And by 1990, he's 47. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he's pushing 50 at this point. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, gotcha. He hits 1990. He's going through his sick phase. He's pushing 50. How does he get better at 65? Well, your vocal pipes can always be retrained. I guess. Yeah. You just have to start doing the, the other stuff, the bad stuff. How did Barry Bonds get better when he got older? <laughs> So you're so He's now you're implying, now you're implying that Mick Jagger was using HGH. That's what you've done now. I, I'm doing no such thing. All those bands were juicing then. I'm just talking sure. about the fact that someone can get better with age. Bono's head used to be huge. That's right. Bono's juicing. All those bands are juicing, Cal. In fact, there should be an asterisk next to the Rolling Stones plaque in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and all their all their all their record sales post nineteen eighty five should have an asterisk. Right. Um, uh, Cal, what were you going to say about the Super Bowl? You said you had something on that about the halftime show. No, no, no. It was just about Mia. Oh, <laughs> not knowing who they are. No, had no idea who it it is. She. I, is. I, she. Knew who, I did know who Nicki Minaj was. That was the one on the on the on the right, I think. Of Madonna, mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj. Yeah, she's she's popular with the kids these days. Do the kids know what Minaj is leading to? No, it's no, very no. innocent. Right, they just love the music. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it's like all of us. We just love the music. That's right. So, Peach, uh, before we go and talk about the actual game. Uh, your thoughts on the commercials. That's your other uh, area of expertise. You're a pop culture guy. You also uh, did some sound work for them, did you not? And remember I'll, you, have you, you, I'll have you, you know teased that uh, teased our show this year on uh, CBS made the, you know, it made the move from cable all the way out to the major networks called the uh, Super Bowl's Funniest Commercials or Super Bowl's Greatest Commercials. They changed it did, from year to year. Did Neil and host um, it again? No. Uh, Boomer. And Jillian Michaels, right? Bloomer, Jillian Michaels, and uh, the beautiful Adriana Lima. Ooh. Yeah, ooh, you, ha-ha. Ooh. Did you get to did you get to work with the beautiful Adriana Lima? We I was not allowed to approach, speak to, <laughs> or talk from a distance to any of these people. Um but we did share the same oxygen for a great uh, great number of hours. Even Boomer? I'm surprised. Sure. Boomer's what about eye? What about eye contact, PJ? Um, well, Frowned Boomer upon? scares me, so I tried not to make contact with such a large, imposing man. Yes. <laughs> and if I had a nickel for every time you said that. <laughs> Bring me a large, imposing man. I, I'd have a nickel. Um... Uh, so, uh, what? Our uh, highest rated they, show ever is what I is what I wanted to. Uh, wow! But they didn't no. take Kevin Nealon with them, huh? That's why. Um, no, Nealon <laughs> Neil, uh, now I think is associated with a different funniest commercials program that we are affiliated with, but not the Super Bowl. So it's like a cottage industry over there. It's like it's like a <laughs> people like to watch reruns of commercials, which is funny because they fast forward through them at other times. Right. Apparently. So what? What was? It? Go ahead, Cal. No, I was. I was going to say, what did every? When when we're done with PJ, I want to know what everyone thought of the commercials before yeah. we get into the game. What do you think, Pete? 
Um, the Clint Eastwood commercial I thought was fantastic. It made me want to buy a Dodge, and it also I bought made a Dodge. me want to I went out that night Canada. You know, right. I was ready for military action by the end of that one. <laughs> I I invaded the Seven Eleven around the corner from my house. Yeah. I, 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 to, I got my musket. I was getting beer at halftime, and I had to do something. I was yeah, surprised it didn't have now. a message at the end of it. Text seven two two to enlist. Buy a goddamn car. <laughs> I'm gonna. Visit you. And everybody says we can come back. So go buy a car, or I'll kill you. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought that a was lot. great, 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 yes. and well done and great. Tremendous. Tremendous. Yeah. I went and tra- I traded in the CRV immediately. Until, no. <laughs> until I saw the Ferris Bueller commercial that I went and got the CRV back. Another good one, sure. I thought that was great. I thought it was good, the Ferris Bueller commercial. It was cute, Cal? Yeah, well, you know, it was, well, it was nice. Not a bunny rabbit. No, but well, how much are you going to get out I, of it other than cute? I thought it was cute too. All right, it, it, see, look at that, Steve. The Volkswagen, uh, the Volkswagen Star Wars commercial, tremendous. Yeah, and that's two years in a row that they've killed it using Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The year before is the commercial that I still watch. I still will pull it up on YouTube every once in a while with yeah. the kid trying to use the Force. It's oh. one of the greatest commercials I've ever seen. Yeah, because I live with that kid. So I that. <laughs> your, son, your son is fast becoming that kid, right? Well, yeah, and he's mad because I will not let him watch the uh, Revenge of the Sith because I, I think it's too violent. It's too too uh, soon. Too soon. It's too gory. I don't like it. Too soon. All right, we're gonna go talk about the game, Peach. Now I want to talk about uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> of course right, you do. Talk about the game. All right, we'll talk to you in a minute. Um, Cal. Yeah. The Giants are uh, Super Bowl champions once again, winning their fourth championship. And uh, I, I want to jump right in to talk about the game because we haven't really had a chance to. Like, we haven't really had a chance to like, sort of break down the game. And I know it's Thursday and the game was last Sunday and stuff. Yeah, but it's the last game that will be for how many months? No, I don't no. give a crap. I want to talk about it with you. Like, Oh, okay, great. I have a question for you to start. Mm-hmm. So the Welker play. Right, the, the the Tom Brady pass to Welker. Okay, let's just jump right in. Feet first. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Tom Brady pass to Wes Welker in the fourth quarter. Correct. Right? Four minutes to go. Second would, down. <laughs> and, would have given uh, him a first down at the, approximately the 20? About, about the 18-yard line. Okay. There's been, a lot with of, it. there's been a lot of controversy about this play. Wes Welker was immediately thrown under the bus for dropping it. And I got to tell you, Brian, I went in on Monday into work and we we're talking about the game. And I picked up Wes Welker. He's small. And threw him directly under the bus as well. Wow. You know, you got to catch that ball, blah, blah. Probably ends the game. Doesn't end the game, but probably ends the game. Giants with only one timeout left. Well, if nothing else, it would have put them in a position to kick a field goal, which would have put New England up by two scores. By, no, by one score. But a touchdown. Instead, it would have been a t- it would have been a touchdown. That's true. It would have put them up twenty to fourteen uh, or twenty to fifteen. Twenty to fifteen, right? So still, looking back at the play, Bry, I don't know if you've seen it a couple of times. Just a couple. It's on Brady. He overthrew him. Okay. And he's got to make a b- look. Brady, for those two drives, you are not going to see a better, hotter quarterback. 
Like he was just on fire on the drive to end the half. Ten of ten on that drive for ninety-eight yards. And then the drive, the first scoring drive in the second half when he goes, what he hit like sixteen in a row or something like yeah. that. Yeah, I and mean, he was just ridiculous. And they just marched down the field. But other than that, I put this game on the defense not being able to get off the field. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Manning and the Giants making fantastic plays when they needed to. Yes. Being uh, the Giants were this unstoppable combination of confident, determined, talented, and lucky. Like you cannot beat that conversation. You cannot beat that uh, that combination. You can't. Well, that's what's amazing about teams that win championships usually have that sort of com- com- um, combination. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but they, don't usually, they don't usually get th- that many breaks, Bry. Right. They, they got a lot of breaks. But, 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 but you they can capitalize on them. That's the whole point. They got breaks, but then they, they took advantage of all of the opportunities that they were given. That's right. You know, you, you get the, the fumbled punt off the knee of Williams in the championship game, okay? And you go down and you score. And you take advantage of it. Right. Now, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, for three or four weeks, that if that's the Jets this season, they go three and out and they miss the field goal after they get that break. Like, they were not good enough to take advantage of the opportunities that are given them, you know? Right. That's right. And they and they continued in the Super Bowl. I, I think, Cal, I think I saw the stat. <laughs> they put eight balls on the ground. The Giants? In the playoffs and didn't lose one of them. <laughs> that's crazy. And the only one they lost, there were 12 men on the field for the Patriots. Yeah, that's right. But but this game, this is to take nothing away from the Giants. You, you can't. You can't possibly take anything away from no. Manning, who played. I, Cal, you're not going to see a playoff run like that. Did you see his numbers in the playoffs? He he had. I mean, he had a great year. Right, but his play, Cal, he but was 106 of like 164. I know. For nine touchdowns and one pick. Yep. I mean, you you know when they went on the magical run in '07, I think he was like literally. I think he was like four and two, like four mm-hmm. touchdowns, two picks. Well, I mean, he was he was a different quarterback. They he didn't were have to do team. much, right? Yeah, everything it was a lot different. You know, there were a lot of comparisons between 2011 and 2007 because of the run, but in actuality, they were two really different teams. So Usually. Eli Eli was in a in a completely different place back then. Yep. I I think just to get oh, back to that. Go ahead. Yeah, because I want I want to get back to the catch because yeah. I I kind of disagree with you that it that you say it's on Brady. I have I have to put the blame on both of them. I no, um, I do put the blame on both of them, but I'm swinging the pendulum more towards Brady than I did initially. Yeah, and I, and I probably swing it a little bit more towards Welker. Only for the fact that if you're an NFL receiver and you get your hands on the ball, you've got to come down with it, especially in a spot like that, especially if you have a reputation of being so sure-handed. So, and, and again, now look, we're not throwing him under the bus at all because it was a tough play to make. I already did. Uh, he's well he under the I have to pull him out from under the bus, like, <laughs> like Superman style, like lift up the bus and take Wes Welker out. And then throw yeah. him back under. Maybe throw him back under. You and Giselle. Look, you can kill Giselle for saying what she said. It's funny. I, I, I you know what? I found the Patriots. I'm, I can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. 
the Giants talk smack all week. You know, the two weeks leading up, they talk trash. They, you know, I mean, they they played the part of the Jets, except they won. <laughs> okay, and they can say anything they want about the Jets. Justin Tuck ripping the Jets at the parade. Knock yourself out. The Jets coach came after them in a book. Okay, they can do whatever they want. I have no, no problem did. with that. But I found the Patriots somewhat sympathetic in that game. Maybe it's because the Jets beat them last year in the playoffs and like sort of exercised the demons and the Jets didn't even make the playoffs this year. So and and the Jets were such a flawed team this year that the Patriots didn't bother me as much. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's I got tired of hearing about the giant hype. I don't know. I wasn't rooting against the Giants. But I, I found myself sort of rooting for the Patriots. Like not I wouldn't even say that. Not having a problem with the Patriots that I usually do. And feeling a little sorry for Tom Brady. I I I couldn't agree with you more on that. I I felt a lot of sympathy for them, and I'll tell you why. And 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 maybe, you know, maybe it was a I don't know. I I I, I was sick on Sunday for the Super Bowl. Yes. There it is. I said it. I was in bed all day from morning until night, sick with a stomach virus. I had one. It's the worst way to watch a Super Bowl. I'll, 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 I'll tell you that. Um, but being in bed all day afforded me the opportunity of, for the first time ever, watching the entire four-hour four pregame show. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. The entire thing. Wow. From start to finish what for, on, on what? NBC. NBC. You chose NBC, huh? Well, that was the official pregame show because that was the network of the game. Right. So I watched the whole thing. I, I have to tell you, it, it was long, but it wasn't terrible. They ha- there were some huh? redeeming there were some redeeming qualities to it. They did some good things. They had um, Chris Collinsworth and Rodney Harrison reenact, um, not reenact, but simulate what the Giants needed to do to stop Gronkowski. Which turns out wasn't much. Well, right. I mean, it turns out it was a waste of 10 minutes of, of film, but yeah. they, they needed I mean, to fill that time. Right. Great idea. They even, they even wheeled Doug Flutie out to play the role of the quarterback. <laughs> I didn't know where he was. Yeah, there's been a Flutie sighting. But they brought Flutie out. But the thing that got me... Um, what, what executive producer says, you know who we should get for this? You know who would be perfect for this segment? Yeah. I don't know, maybe Donovan McNabb. Something. You know what? Get me Doug Flutie. That you know. <laughs> what's Doug? What's Doug Flutie? Anybody got Flutie's number? What's Doug Flutie doing? That reeked of somebody like reaching into a bag and and pulling out a name. It could have been Frank Reich. Right. Could have been or, Ken O'Brien. Could have been anybody. Or a favor. Or a favor. Like that's like a, you know, a, a fellow BC alum. It's like the executive. <laughs> right. It's the, it's the producer of the segment. <laughs> and always wanted to meet Doug Flutie. Like, and get his autograph and stuff. So he brings him. Yes, Flutie? Right. I don't know. He might be busy. Who? Like Rodney Harrison's like, who? <laughs> Doug Flutie. Can we can we get Doug Flutie? Aw, oh, you went to BC, didn't you? Um, so the other you watched, the whole, you watched yeah. the whole pregame show. Yeah, the other thing on that before I get to my point is Chris Collinsworth still has very good hands because Flutie was throwing him – it was pretty hard, yeah. And Collinsworth was just—I mean—they were sticking to his hands, like Velcro. Great but, hands, Collinsworth. But the um, the point I was trying to make was they did a feature on Bob Kraft. 
Mm. And and his wife Myra, right. who passed away this year, yep. and it, the whole feature was on how the Patriots really dedicated the season to her, and they all kind of rallied around this goal to, to win the Super Bowl for her. And the um, at the end of the season, or, or the week that they clinched the playoffs or clinched the division, they uh, they gave the game ball to Bob Kraft, which was very emotional, and they also had a painting of his wife Myra made up for him that they all they all signed or, or they all presented it to him. And it really touched him and, and like he was getting choked up as he was telling the story and um it just you know, when I watched that and I kinda saw some of the Patriots a little a little differently than we see them as jet fans. Right. You know? Yeah. Paint uh, them in a sympathetic light, sure. Right. Not Belichick. Not Bill Belichick at all. Well it's impossible to Don't paint get me I wrong. mean you can't paint Darth Vader in a sympathetic light. I mean, George Lucas tried with the prequels, and you still can't. I know. Um, you know? So, you but, still can't feel bad for Darth Vader. But after, So after watching that, and then the next segment was, was on Victor Cruz and his salsa dancing. and, and <laughs> It was like, you know, I, I, I really went into the game not rooting for either team. I right. really did. And I found myself on that last play of the game when Brady threw the Hail Mary – Right. I, I I would have I was okay either way. I, it didn't kill me that the Giants caught the ball, but I wasn't you know jumping around through the roof. Right. I know? think and I felt bad for Brady. Right. I think uh, it's going to be on uh, Showtime or whatever. Lombardi was talking about this today with uh, Simmons on uh, Simmons podcast on the BS Report, and there's some great audio, Bry, from um, you know from the game and the coaches on the sidelines and stuff like that. And one of the nuggets, there's a bunch of nuggets that apparently stand out, but one of them is um, Belichick telling his team that on that last drive, don't let Knicks or Cruz beat you. Yes. Okay. Make Manningham beat you. And then of course he drops in the 36 yard teardrop, beautiful pass by Eli Manning and the brilliant catch by Manningham. Mm-hmm. That that essentially got the Giants to where, where they needed to be, but it's, it was great. Like Belichick saying, "Look, you know, if you stop Knicks and Cruz, we win this game." Right you now, and and then and they did. Right, but Manningham beat them. Yeah, um, this was a game of uh, small plays. Like either way, like it was literally to me like a game of like six plays. It wasn't a thrilling Super Bowl by any means. No, not at all. And I think it's a but game. Thrilling that, end. Thrilling fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, good fourth quarter. Or, or maybe last five minutes. Yeah, good. You know, uh, I think it's a game that the Patriots could have easily won. I think it's a game that the Giants could have easily won. But, you know, the fact of the matter is the Patriots went up 17-9 and didn't score again. Would you go Would you go as far as to say the Patriots should have won that game? No, I, you can't, I can't play that game for two reasons. One... At 17? But the breaks are the breaks. The, the Patriots' defense was not very good. It was only a matter of time before Eli Manning started to move the ball. They played a bend-don't-break the whole time. Um, no, because if they, they – they, they didn't make the plays. The Giants made the plays to win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean the Welker drop, the Aaron Hernandez drop, the branch drop right after the Welker drop. Yeah. Again, bad – not a great throw by, by Brady, but again – Branch gets his hands on it, and it's a first down. Mm-hmm. 
And they may even be in better stead than they were if Welker catches the ball and gets a first down because they would have had a little more field to work with and could have ran a little more time off. So, no, I can't say that's a game they should have won. The Giants won the game and and earned it. But it's a game that the Patriots could have won. Yes. The the, the Giants didn't go in there and beat them by three touchdowns, as they told everybody they were going to. (laughs) It's okay. But... The takeaways for me from that game as a Jet fan and as a football fan. Okay, one takeaway, Bri, is that and, – and it's been said a ton of late, but it's all about getting hot at the right time now to win a Super Bowl. It really is. We watched a 15-1 and team lose at home. Uh, you know, We watched a giant team that was 7-7 seven and seven and was one play away from not making the playoffs win the Super Bowl. I mean, there are miles often not losing the ball in the lights at night mm-hmm. away from not making the playoffs. And they got hot, they got healthy, and they win. So it doesn't matter anymore. Like what 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 Rex Ryan said to me in 2007 suddenly makes a ton more sense. When they got in as a sixth seed and they backed in and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, you know what? We can win the whole thing. I think we can. Because – they were they were playing great at the right time and they were healthy. I think that's what you need to be now. But I also think it helps to have the quarterback. My other big takeaway is Eli Manning is like a quarter I mean he's you can't possibly talk about a top 5 quarterback anymore without talking about him. No, and and the thing that that I always thought was that you could kind of interchange Brady, uh Manning and Roethlisberger. When you were running, when you were running down your list, you always it was always Brady, Rogers, Breeze, in some order. And if you want to throw Peyton Manning in there, you can. He, we don't for this year because he didn't play. But if you want to throw him in there, that's fine. And then you would get to number five or six, and it's either Eli or Roethlisberger or and Rivers. Now, or Rivers. I mean, Rivers was. Yeah, you, but 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 how you threw Rivers into the conversation? You can't even mention him now in the right. same breath as Eli Manning. Yeah, Rivers can't was. Even mention was him. Rivers was kind of secondary because he didn't have any of the, any of the championships. Now you're right. Now he's not even close. You can't even mention him. No, but I think now you, you can't go wrong with Eli or Roethlisberger. I mean, either one of them. I, I tell you what, I got news for you. I and take, I take Eli. I take Eli. Yeah, I think I would too at this point. I think I would too. And the other thing is that Brady. I think I think Rogers. Well, not even. It's a pretty thin margin amongst all of them. Is Brady past his prime, Cal? I think he is. I think he is. He's 34 years old. See, that was my other huge takeaway as a Jet fan, trying to find some sort of silver lining out of worst-case scenario bowl two. Uh, that this, you know, I know they have four picks in the first two rounds, et cetera, et cetera. Their picks have been awful. I had to listen to Simmons and, and Lombardi tonight talk uh, – I was listening to the podcast talk about how many blue chippers they have and what a great core and blah, well, blah, blah, blah. You didn't have to listen to it. That's a good point. You made it sound like wow, you touche. were coerced into – Touche, Brian. I'm glad you did. Well played, it, Cal. It, I'm glad you did because it brings valuable material to our conversation. But no, but they, they're talking about the – and I understand they're homers and they're, they're, they're Patriot fans, but they're talking about all the blue-chip guys they have and stuff like that. I mean this is – Lombardi said that 
uh, Jared Mayo is a blue chip linebacker, but David Harris isn't. Are you really? serious? Yes, that's correct. Wow. According to Lombardi, the Jets don't have a blue chip player in their front seven. And they have one blue chip player on their whole team. One. Darrell Revis. That's it. Wow. Nick Mangold, not a not a blue not chip a blue player. Chip, no, it's a Brickshaw Ferguson. Not a blue chip player. No. Wow. Interesting. He, he may have said Mangold. I'm not sure. And the fact that I'm not sure speaks volumes. But David Harris, not a blue chip linebacker. Hmm. So I'm sorry. Maybe Jared Mayo could be healthy for ten minutes, and then be better than David Harris. How would that be? Whatever. They they talk about the the core, the core, the core. The last time that Patriots lost uh, the Super Bowl like this. The Dolphins came in and won the division. Of course, Brady got hurt. Uh, on the, <laughs> he did say, Cal, you love this. I don't know if you saw this, but Simmons did say the Jets. He said this a couple weeks ago because you know who hurt Bron- uh, Gronkowski was um, uh, Bernard Pollard. Bernard Pollard, the right. guy who got Brady as well. Yes. So Simmons said, "How did the Jets just not sign Bernard Pollard and, <laughs> and blitz him on every down?" against the Patriots. The Patriots would be scared silly playing Bernard Pollard twice a year. But, uh, you know, the the takeaway I have, I think that division is going to be wide open next year. I really do. This is a this is another terrible loss for the Patriots, Cal. Yeah. And and you know you know what speaks volumes to me? I'm going to stop saying speaks volumes. But if it speaks volumes, then say it. <laughs> you know, you know what shouts from the mountaintops to me? What's that? Simmons and, and uh, Lombardi tonight talking about what the Patriots need in the offense is a bigger vertical threat outside the numbers. These are the same guys who at the beginning of the season said Brady has the perfect offense because it's all inside the numbers. He has two tight ends to throw to, and they don't need a deep threat for years. That's why they didn't need Randy Moss. For years, they never needed one. And now tonight, it was all about how they have to find a deep threat and be able to go vertical. Oh, please. Exactly. So, right. do me a favor. Wish and wash. Unbelievable. I think that I think that's going to be wide open. I, I I really do. I really think the AFC East, and you know, we'll talk about. We got plenty of time to talk about the Jets, but the other takeaway I got, besides the Eli Manning and the Patriots, et cetera, et cetera, and just getting hot at the right time, Cal. Uh huh. Is that the Giants are. The Yankees of football in New York. The Giants. Let me let's let's let me back up here. The Giants sure. fan and the Giants are the Yankees and the Yankee fan in New York. The Giants are the Yankees. Yeah. Of of football or of New York of or they're the football version of the Yankees. Is that what you're trying to say? That's correct. They've officially become that. They have become the Yankees and their fans. That I will, I will, and absolutely fans, agree with. Yeah. Their fans have become Yankee fans. Yep. Well, I shouldn't say that because they probably were already Yankee fans. But <laughs> they become right? like Yankee fans. They are starting to act like Yankee fans. That's yep. true. Yeah. Not the good ones. Not the McWalters of the world. Who know no, what? Like, who know what it's like to lose? Yeah, I mean, who know what it's like to 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 not have a great team every year? But the young Giant fan is fast becoming like the young Yankee fan. How young? How young how young are we talking? Ten? No. Yeah, that's what I'm ripping on. I'm ripping on a ten year old who loves the Giants. <laughs> what kind of person am I? 
I, I don't know. What kind of people are these? No, I'm talking about... This like was the, worst case scenario bowl, too. I don't yeah. know where you're at right now. But you, I'm talking about like the 23-year-old Giant fan who saw the Super Bowl, you know, four years ago when he was 19, and they beat the Pats and blah, blah, blah. And he's like into his serious rooting football stage. Right. Now thinks that the Giants, you know, can't lose. And all the Rex Ryan nonsense... And the, yeah. the idiocy that Rex has put Jet fans through because of what he said about the Giants. Right. There's this air of superiority that's Yankees Mets. You understand what I'm saying? I, well, there's there certainly is an air of superiority. Hey, how about the how about the young lady from the parade? You saw that one, right? <clears throat> that was the only saving grace of the parade. How great was that? That was wonderful. She was asking to see Mark Sanchez. Hey, who are you here to see? Sanchez. That's right, sweetheart. Very good. Excellent. And they, and they just got real quiet. Excellent. And then well, some guy yelled at her like, Manning, Eli Manning. <laughs> Freaking Manning. Sanchez. <laughs> that girl. Uh, we're so proud. Hey, Cal, we, we're going to do a, uh, we got to do it. One last time. Oh, how about that? Yeah. One last time. You know why? A pleasant surprise. You know why? Why? He went 11 and 0. did. He had the perfect playoff. Let's bring him in. If he was, if he was any more on fire, picking NFL games without the spread, just for entertainment. Well, they'd have to call the fire department, which he wouldn't do. That's a long story. We'll have to have a blog entry about that someday. Let's bring him in. <laughs> Captain 11 and 0. Captain Kangaroo himself. The Swami. Hey. Captain, Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo. It was with the song. I was going with the song. No good? Well, uh, you do what you want. Your show. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to not that many people. Not that many people will be affected by it anyhow. There it is. He got it out of the way early this week, Cal. I was thinking more like. I was thinking more like this. Wow. Something like that. Superman, huh? There you go. Wow. And you got it in three notes. Very good. Hey guys, when you guys you... have had a great show so far. Thanks. Ha- 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 no, really? <laughs> no, think about this. Think about this. The Super Bowl had 60 minutes of football uh, on a 100-yard stadium, or in a 100-yard stadium, and you guys have talked about it ad nauseum for longer than that. I don't like. Where I don't like where he's going with this, Cal. I mean, we could get a lot of mileage out of this. It's the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, uh, I had made my predictions, and I want to let you guys know now. You ready for this, Cal? Yeah. The season, the season is over. Put it in the history books. Move on with your lives. What the heck are you talking all about? I mean, you mentioned things like Rex Ryan in the same conversation, you know, that you're talking about the Super Bowl. I don't know how you managed to get him in there. By the way, the girl who was uh, at the parade uh, looking for uh, Sanchez, they interviewed her later, and that's Rex Ryan's niece. I just oh, you guys might want to know that. That but, makes sense, yeah. yeah, and I've been trying to count how many times you guys have said speaks volumes. 
what I, I think it's I think it's up to three. Yeah. Lots. Yeah. No, that's nice. And you guys want to do a, a you know like a, a 120 minute critique on a 60 minute game? Yeah. Okay. You might as well. Well, by how the does way, it, how uh, does it, by the way, by the way, Sam Pete, the silver yeah. lining for the Jets. The only silver lining for the Jets is the fact that there's a another season next year. I mean, there's no silver lining. What silver yeah, well, lining? That, that's what I said. Next year, there's silver lining. Yeah, no, but the Patriots a, might be weakened. So I was talking about next year. No, 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 no. You're predicting things that you know. You, you have to go with reality. No, no, no. I didn't predict anything. Don't, don't, don't make me Rex Ryan. I didn't predict anything. It would take a lot to make you Rex Ryan. I'd have to start with a... A lot well, of things. No, never mind. Hey, things. by the way, you guys brought up a point that is very valid. I find you finally got something I think you're hitting on. That the, the huh. Giants are kind of like compared to the Yankees as the Jets are compared to the like, Mets. Uh, there are a lot of similarities. Think about this. There are. Yeah, the New York Yankees started in like 19, I mean, the New York Giants started in like 1925. That's right. And the Jets, 1960. Yes. Same thing with the Yankees. They were around a lot longer before the the other franchise. So. That's correct. There's a lot of comparisons there, yeah. Also, yep. it's got something to do with, you know, with talent, things like that, but let's not go there. Let's sure. just stay with history, you know. Okay. Now, what? Why are you selecting Brady as the scapegoat in this whole thing? Uh, I don't know if I. Uh, I'm I mean, somebody's got to take the heat. You got to have a guy, you know, with the goat horns, you know. But Brady. I think. I think, uh, I think. I think. In all honesty, Swami, I think Brady left a lot of plays on the field. I think he missed Walker on yeah, that. Yeah, I know, path. but uh, branch on that path. If you notice, Brady is what they. Brady is what they call a quarterback. Yeah. And. Uh, he works at the behest of the guy on the sidelines. Yeah. So you got to give a little, you know, a little bit of the uh, onus of guilt or blame to Belichick. We'd love to. Well, I know, but you can't get him to come to a, uh, you know, uh, a conference. He just doesn't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah, I. I understand what you're saying, but the but the players play, Swami. The players make the plays on the field. Right. So you the, remember the, the game that the, game. the Patriots no. played against Denver in the playoffs? Sure. Sure. All right. Like, by how many seconds did they? You know, I mean, it was just like they should have, they should have lost that game in reality. Against Denver? Yeah. No, you're thinking of the game against the Ravens. No, the Ravens they definitely should have lost. They should have lost the one against you know Denver also. He threw well, six the, touchdown passes. They won by 45. That's right. That, that's what I'm saying. He should have lost it. But, you know, he was selling hot dogs. He was mowing the lawn. You know, he was putting the, the, the I mean, the guy couldn't do anything they, more. They should have lost it so they wouldn't have had to suffer the humility of losing to well, the Giants. Well, no, no. I mean, but, but if they were playing as the team, it wasn't. That was Tom Brady's day. I see. Well, you know I, I think I think last Sunday could have been Tom Brady's day, and I think he left a lot of plays out on the field. Well, we, we, I, I don't want to add to the, the you know the uh, the uh, listeners' boredom by going on and on and on. But um, you did pretty good, by the way, in, in your selection process for the uh, playoffs. I did pretty good. You know? I think I got two wrong. I think I did well, pretty I mean, good. That's not, 
not not as good as a swami, but then again, hey, look, not eleven and two. Well, Swam, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. How did you uh, How did you celebrate your perfect postseason? Uh, do I have to share this with the the whole? Uh, okay, I'll tell you guys. I went out and got a case of Yuhu and uh, big time went on a Yuhu binge. Yeah, big time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I remember the more words than Yogi Berra. Right. 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 If you're going to do some celebrating, there's no better way than what a yoo-hoo. So what do you do in the off-season here, Swam? Do you, are you going to pick any baseball stuff, or you know, are we going to get no, you on for that? Or? Not at all. I've started I've started uh, handicapping um, the golf season already. You know. Oh, I mean, what, do you, what do you think of, uh, of Mr. Wood well, this year? I, well, I, I think, you know, his emotional crisis seems to be over. He still has mucho, mucho fan support. From those diehard, you know, uh, woodheads. Uh, I mean, so I think it's going to be a, a very competitive season. I, once again, you'll see a lot of new names that you never heard, and you'll be scratching your head saying, "Who?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> who's this guy? Who's that guy? You know, I think you're going to see a lot more uh, f- uh, foreigners. And then when I use the word foreigners, it's not derogatory. I mean, other than those, hey, oh hey, come on oh, now. No, no, hey. I'm, you know, other than those from the United States. Of foreign I mean, origin. Open. Okay. Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> Padraic Harrington, when Rex McCullough was uh, my favorite there for a little while. I was. He's good, I, Patrick. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I watched McCall. I saw an interview with him, and no one understood what the heck he was saying, but it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ah. decide, and Everett put it was a short chip, you know. <laughs> I think I think I made out a, a chip in there. Yeah. Yeah, could have something. <laughs> and I think I think what you will see though, there'll be a lot of behind the scenes uh jockeying uh for uh names, taking the names of these uh I mean like everybody wants to lend their name to the tournament, you know. Mm-hmm. They got the tidy bowl tournament now and they got the, you know, right. I mean it's just re- ridiculous. You know, could I go back to just something about the football thing? Of course. Okay, I appreciate that. Uh, if you remember, one of my comments on the show last week was the fact of the amount of money that's spent on the Super Bowl commercials. And regardless of the amount of money, you guys haven't covered that. What about the commercials? Were they up to the par? Well, Did you find we, them enjoyable? Was there we, anything singled we out? We did, Swam. I know you were late joining no, us. No, no, no. You mean early in the show? That's correct. Nobody listened to, to that, to that <laughs> That's right. Yeah, everybody knows that the show really doesn't pick up until about 10 or Exactly. <laughs> Which, I mean, although I was on hold for 45 minutes, I don't mind. <laughs> I know Which, your producer has a tough time trying to have you know short-term memory. He and, wrangles, and for that, he's wrangling talent. He's wrangling cats. He's got a lot going on. He's he's very very you know. He's a lo- he's, he's, he's a lone wrangler. Uh, PJ, you are seriously man in a league of one. You are yes. the best. You get it done so efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero. Jim Nance, CBS Sports. Thank you. <laughs> I give him a little super Superman thing for that. Wow. Every, by the way, Cal, the production people and the Swami and PJ have taken over the show. Yeah. 
next week ready to unload with the Swami and PJ. <laughs> we could call in. We could call in, maybe. Right? Swam. I'd love to see you. I really would love to see you call in so I can put you on hold. <laughs> Swam, who do you uh, who do you like next year? Early handicapping for the NFL season. Who do you like? Uh, I'm I'm going to go with the North Carolina. Excellent. So if they get a team, maybe they got a. Why they don't have a team? <laughs> no, I mean, do you do you think the Giants uh, could repeat Swam? What do you think? Well, if they listen, if they have the same lineup, right? They'll be seasoned. They'll be healthy uh, going into the season. Uh, hopefully, uh, in a better frame of mind than they did last year. Yeah, they of course they could repeat. And, you know, uh-huh. every any I always say the same thing. You guys want to hear this out? On any given Sunday, on any given week, anybody can beat anyone. The consistency is what you know is what proves who's the better uh, or not. As you said. The Giants peaked the last you know, six games of the season, which is a real nice time to do it. They <laughs> came together. Yeah. Sure is. Yep, absolutely. Uh, no, it was a, it was a fantastic the run. The Jets fell apart. You know. Uh, Who's talking about the Jets? Who's talking about I'm the Jets? Mom? Well, I'm just saying. It fell sporadically. The Saints seem to have this a death wish. I mean, I don't know. I mean, my my Saints can't my play team that I was really happy with for the whole season was San Francisco. Yeah, you like that, I really, huh? I, I really like the the way they developed, the way they carried themselves, and uh, of course, you know, you, you can't have more than one team win. Uh, the, the the big thing, but San Francisco to me proved that they have some kind of character, team character. Uh, right. Hey, huh? any, any big coaching change you guys have uh, pending? You have any idea? Any any kind of? I insight? thought the uh, I thought the uh, and and we didn't really get to talk about this, Cal, but did, you saw it. Uh, uh, the Rutgers coach going down to Tampa Bay. Oh, uh, Shiano? Shiano going down to yeah. Tampa Bay. Uh, of local interest for us because he's uh, done a great job at Rutgers and sort of brought that program to some sort of national attention. And going down, I was surprised he got an NFL job now. Because of? Two, well, I, I, I would have thought he would have two years ago when or three years ago when the program was really at a peak. I think they sort of went down a little bit. Um, but how about this, Swam? The last two coaches from uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have gone to Hofstra and Rutgers. Yeah, you noticed that, huh? <laughs> Raheem Morris went to Hofstra, and they got Shiano from Rutgers. How about that? Yeah, I see. You, you noticed that. It doesn't mean who's, anything. Who's coaching Galvin? You can't even you can't even use those kind of uh, uh, fact factoids in the equation here. Well, Hofstra, Hofstra doesn't even have a football program anymore. There you go. <laughs> Get away with the football. What do you? I think Shiano will be an interesting hire. I think, uh, uh, it, you know, it depends on how much of his input they allow him to, to exert. Right. Right. I mean, if he's going uh, down as the, the titular head of the organization, who's going to make every move that somebody tells him to do, eh, you, right. you may, you know. But uh, yeah. I think Jeff if Fisher, he's allowed to bring his think, own brand. Yep. Uh, you may see nice things. I think uh, Jeff Fisher in uh, in St. Louis is going to be interesting. I think it's going to take him a little time to turn that around, but I think that's going to be interesting for sure. Sure. Well, they have to have they'll have to have a big broom and do a lot of you know <laughs> right. a lot of cleaning out there. Now, Swan, before yeah. we let you go, Uh-oh. one last question: Will you, will you will you be going to a Metropolitan game with Cal and I? Well, last time uh, I did, if you remember. Uh, yes. it, it became such a 
uh, an enjoyable event that I don't think it can be uh, stopped. I think I think this is something that will go on and on and on until they find out that I know nothing of what I'm talking about. <laughs> Which are, a lot of people already know, but you, you guys haven't figured that out yet. Well, look, anybody who goes 11 and 0 in the playoffs, spreads or not, yes. A little round of applause. There we go. The swamp. Like, you know, the big question is the big. But, but really, I have to interrupt for a minute. The biggest question I had all week that I've been dying to hear is yes. how did Cal's child do in the football pool? I was going to ask him that. Yeah, did she? Did her numbers come out, Cal? No, her numbers did not come out. But one lucky kid had uh, the nine and zero, so he won first and second quarter. Woof! Means he got to uh, sit with a friend and pick something from the treasure chest. Wow! Who's, yeah, and the teacher and the teacher now is what looking for employment someplace else. <laughs> nah, nah, it was all, all fun was had. Who's the lucky kid who got the lunch with the teacher? That was uh, <laughs> lunch in the teacher's lounge. Uh, no. uh, uh prize ever. Craig doesn't get Craig much better than that. No, uh, Swam, thank you for doing the picks and stuff. It was really good. Hey, guys, really I'm available next season should the, well, put it like this, if you have any open air time. I know it'll probably be jammed, the airwaves and the phone lines. But just in case there is a glimmer. Uh, what? <laughs> One last one. <laughs> I mean, you guys are going to continue this until you get it right. Isn't that true? That's correct. Yeah, I am. I, I'm going to start okay. some new some new theme music for Swam. You need a slide <laughs> with him. <laughs> he doesn't. We're gonna start the. We're gonna start this like really um, ominous theme music for you, Swab. Because really? we never oh, know. Okay. We never know when the big zing is coming. The big zing. <laughs> oh. That sounds like something that Sir Mickey Splane would be just just about to try and solve. Mickey Splane. Wow. Excellent. I can date myself. You know what the good part about dating yourself is? What's that? You avoid rejection. Well played. <laughs> the Have swamp, time, everybody. Guys. Captain Zing, thank you. 11 and 0 and out. Adios. <laughs> Thanks, swamp. Good night. Bye. Good night. <laughs> he got it, boy. He he uh, he brought up a couple interesting points I want to talk about, Cal, before we move on to uh, the other big news of the day. One, uh, one thing. Let me take down the There Will Be Blood theme, which I love, by the way. So good. Um, so in between making fun of us, um, he brought up a couple of good points. One, I don't care. We'll talk about Rex Ryan anytime I want. Okay? Because apparently it's good enough for Giant fans who felt the need to tweet about Rex Ryan eight minutes after they won the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think I can talk about it. Uh, but, but more importantly, uh, I digress. More importantly, he made the point about the San Francisco 49ers and how he liked how they played. I had said to you that uh, before the playoffs started and then watching that 49ers team in the playoffs that they reminded me a ton of the Jets in 2007. A ton of the Jets in 7 and 8. Great, great defense. Quarterback that in the big game uh, couldn't get one for them. Um, I Do they – are they a team you see – let's talk about next year. Okay, Super Bowl is over. Giants are world champions. Uh, it was a great playoff run, great season. Next year, 
49ers are a team I think of very strongly. Giants are going to have 21 free agents. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Jets world from last year, which, again, not making excuses, but they had 19 free agents coming out of a lockout. Um, 21 free agents, Cal, uh, and some big players, some OCU Manure, some, some Brandon Jacobs. One of the first things that struck me I'll, – I'll get back to the 49ers in a second. One of the first things that struck me – Bry was everybody lamenting the Jets' loss of leadership this year, coming off last year, and guys that they didn't sign back. The Giants are going to be faced with that. The Giants are going to be faced with a lot of decisions that maybe are not based on where the player is, but what the player means to the team. Can you see that happening? Yeah. I could see that happening. They, they have a lot of. They're going to have a lot of important decisions. Yeah, I'm saying they're going to have a lot of decisions to me that are not based strictly on the player's performance on the field, but based on what the player means to the team. Like a, like a Kareem McKenzie, who's been in that locker room for eight years, nine years, mm-hmm. and is a you know is a valuable member of that offensive line. You can't sign Kareem McKenzie back. No. No, his skill level is eroded to the point where he's almost a liability. Victor Cruz, Victor Cruz is going to need more money. He's already asked for it, by the way. Right. Vic- Apparently, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul said, uh, I don't need to be paid more. I'd rather they took the money they're going to give me and give it to O.C. and bring O.C. back. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll see when his agent gets wind of that statement. You know, I can just hear that phone call. Are you crazy? <laughs> um. Yeah, JPP, it's your agent. Are you nuts? NVP of nuts? Um, <laughs> but they're, they're going to have a lot of, you know, Brandon Jacobs. Do you bring back Brandon Jacobs, uh, who's obviously uh, a, a big part of that locker room? They're going to have a lot of big decisions that aren't just based on football. But to jump to the Niners, to me, if they get uh, an upgraded wide receiver or an upgraded quarterback, Mm-hmm. Because Alex Smith remembered that he was Alex Smith, um, and started throwing more bounce passes than you know Larry Bird. Um, they're 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 to me. I know that they they put in the Packers at the as the early favorite in the NFC. To me, though, that's the team to beat because they're young. They have a young coach, and that defense can play if they can. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm really looking forward to the draft, as always. I'm really looking forward to next season. What do you think? Somebody, somebody, I don't know if, if it was a tweet or somebody said it on the radio, whatever it was, they, they captured it really well, that it's like the day after Christmas. It really is. You know, you spend all year, or you spend at least a, all, all those months leading up to Christmas, when you're a kid, um, waiting and waiting, and then the anticipation, and then finally the big day arrives, yeah. it's Christmas, or the Super Bowl, and then the next day, that's it. It's over, and nothing for a really long time. Right, but you get, you can start to get pumped up again. Like I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at mock drafts. Like I'm pumped up. Yeah, that's true. With football, there's there are things that that occupy your time throughout the year. Exactly. Like the like the combine is in two weeks. I'll be watching. If you're excited about the combine, that starts on the 24th. This is a season where there's free agency starts on the first. Right. If you're a Jet fan, there's a lot to be. I mean, it's it's going to be an un, unbelievably tumultuous, eventful uh, off season. 
Um, yeah. It is? Yeah, probably. It is. Now, we can talk about all the, 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 uh, the other Jet stuff, and but let's wrap up the NFL season and I'd say this. What's that? I'd love to do that. Yeah, let's wrap up the NFL season and say this. Uh, I saw – I think it was Evan Roberts. I'm actually going to say it. I think it was Evan Roberts, but somebody had tweeted it to him, and he agreed. And I think you would too, Cal. Let me ask you this. Would it have been better for the Jet fan if the lockout had just stayed? I said that, yeah. And there, was that you? Well, I, I mean, in, independent of that, but yeah. Oh, that, that's what I'm. My bad, Bry. That's where I was. That's where I saw it. I you think I, 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 yeah. I think I, I think I sent you and and Evan you a message. You didn't, you, you didn't crib that. This is where I saw it. I think I, I sent you guys a message, message that I, I right after the Super Bowl too. Yeah. And that, now remember, at this point, oh, it's ten. It's ten thirty. I'm in bed with a fever. <laughs> You've been. I haven't eaten all day. 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 Yeah. The Giants have just won the Super Bowl, and I think I, I think I wrote to you. I, you know, I wish the lockout had taken the whole season away yeah. or something like that. Somebody somebody took that. Well, let me give you credit for saying it first. But somebody took that. But and, nobody, and, nobody took it from me. They they thought of it independently. But right. somebody said, as a Jet fan, you would have been better off with a lock, like with no football this season. I think you know we might have been. Gotta say, I signed for that. <laughs> At this point, I would have signed for a lockout. <laughs> that's 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 what they've done to me. It was it was it was a rough it was a rough time. Yeah. But um give me give me your last impression though though of the 2011/12 NHL season or NFL season NFL season not the NHL season. Uh so much. That's not over yet. My impression is that I don't the, do impressions. I uh, <laughs> The, the best thing that I can say about about the season is that I didn't think of the lockout until after the Super Bowl. <laughs> no, but, but but that's a positive thing. That that's that's my point about the NFL and and how good it is mm-hmm. that they went. You know, it seems like forever ago that they went through all of this time of no football, and there was even a question about whether. The season would be canceled, or at the very least, games would be canceled. And you forgot all about it. And nothing was canceled. They whipped everything up in perfect timing. Nothing was canceled, and I forgot that there was even a lockout. That's how great the NFL is. And and, and I thought it was a great season. You know? Yeah. Great. It's a number of great individual efforts. Um, and, 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 of course, a great playoff run by the Giants and for them to win. And you know what? New York won the Super Bowl. That's okay, you know? I'm not a hang my hat on the town winning guy. Are you? I'm really not. I, I guess it's because I'm not. We're not. We're not Yankee or you know. There's no giant. I mean, if the Jets win the Super Bowl next year, no giant fan is going to be rooting for the Jets. I got them to admit it. No, no. Well, no, no giant fan. But I'm saying they're not going to be rooting for the city. You know. No, but but you have to re- you have to remember. Steve, you you have to remember how many casual or non-fans there are that just get wrapped up in all of this. I mean, I talked to a lot of people at work who really are not football fans that were just were just thrilled as punch that the Giants were in the Super Bowl. This is going to be fun. We're going to have a fun time on Sunday. This is great for New York. And they 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 couldn't pick a giant out of a lineup if if you if you showed them a picture. That may, might not be the best analogy to use for a professional athlete. 
No, I guess <laughs> I understand what you're saying. It's so hard for me to envision people that aren't like yeah. hardcore or not hard. I hate that phrase. God, you, I hate that phrase. You don't remember do you remember 86? I remember sure. 86. I rem, I remember very vividly you like, mean watching every game? Yeah, I remember it. No, I I mean I mean very what? vividly everybody walking around with a Met hat on and everybody was a Met fan. Everybody, not Yankee fans. Well, yeah. What you're saying is and you're right is that when the town is in it, it can take over the casual fan. Yes. That and that's absolutely true. What I'm saying is the giant fan is never going to root for the Jets in the Super Bowl ever. Like people that people that got on my case because I wasn't rooting for the Giants or wasn't going to root for the Giants. Hey, come on, it's New York, you know, or whatever. Hey, I'm I'm not rooting for the city. I'm rooting for where I have to live and hear about every day. What's the Giant fans' worst case scenario? Bowl Jets, Jets versus who? Jets Cowboys. Okay. Or you or Jets or Jets Eagles. Or Jets Eagles, right? Yeah. You you mean to tell me a Giant fan is going to root for the Eagles or the Cowboys? You know what? They would. And I and I even got I almost got a number of them to admit it. Of course they they of course they they you know caveated it. Can you say that? They gave the caveat that well I don't know it's a verb. Right. They gave the caveat that it, I don't have to worry about it because Jets are not going. <laughs> of, of course, right? Yeah, that's nice. So they were able to they were able to kick me right in the groin shortly after saying I don't know if I'd be able to root for the Jets. I don't know if I'd be able to. Well, we well, you know, we were we did not root against the Patriots, so I guess I can understand it. If it was a Jet Cowboy Super Bowl next year, I don't think Giant fans are rooting for the Jets. I don't think they're rooting for the Cowboys. I don't think they care. Cause no, they just won the Super Bowl this year. So who cares? They laugh. Yep. <laughs> look at look at these two. It's cute. It's a cute. Little, oh, it's a cute <laughs> game. Oh, look. Um, last thing on the NFL, Bry. Uh, never has a uh, a resolution been put to the test so immediately after making it. I mean, just within seconds. Of uh, what feels like within seconds of making that New Year's resolution, New Year's sports resolution on this show, where I said I'm going to be better to my friends and have less hatred for my rivals uh, or my friends' teams and rivalries, then the Giants decided to go on a magical mystery tour run and go to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So I don't. I you'd be hard pressed to find a resolution. More quickly tested than that, and I I think I did pretty good. You, you yeah you you were pretty bitter though on Sunday. I was, but I was bitter with you guys. I wasn't bitter to McWalters. You weren't. No, I texted him immediately after the game to congratulate him. I texted my buddy Voles, who's a huge Giant fan and who has made fun of me about the Jets in the past. And yet I texted him. I said, I hope you were together with your family and you got to watch it. And I meant it. I texted my buddy Matt Smith, told him, again, big Giant fan. He's a great Giant fan because he, he never says a bad word about the Jets. He doesn't have the animus. <laughs> that uh, animus? I probably used that wrong too. Animosity? Anim- I mean, I wanted to go animosity, but I felt like, ooh, maybe animus. 
That's no good. We'll get the we'll get our producer who's an English major in here in a second. He would have Thomas is fine. It's fine. You're good. Come here. Thank you. Thank you. Uh but he doesn't have the, the you know the hatred and the animus against the Jets. That, but anyway, I texted them all. I said congratulations. I sent a tweet out. I did our buddy Andrew Mark, a friend of the show, big Giants fan. He's a Ranger fan too. He really pushing the limits. Oh my goodness! I sent him. You know, I sent it out there. Sent him a text. So I really tried. You know, I tried. I yeah. I saw I saw your your messages on I Sunday was, night I, right I, after the. I was bitter with you guys and my it brother. Was, yeah, but it was weird. It was like you're was, Jet fans. I don't know. It it seemed like you you were forcing the issue by putting that message out. So you don't think it was sincere? Is that what you're telling me? Not no, not that it not that it wasn't sincere. I think you were just like you were forcing it. You were trying to make it work. We have to though. And but it felt forced. It felt it. It felt like like I could hear the teeth gritted as you were typing it. Look, teeth gritted or not, I was trying to – I was sincere. I was happy for my friends. Right. That's especially true. Especially the ones that are Met fans. Were you um, – did you, you get any – Some joy. Did you get any kind of feedback from it? Like, I did. I did. And McWalters and I have had several nice conversations about the game. Uh, he sent me pictures from the parade, uh, which he wouldn't get... have done if I had been – and I sent him pictures back about have a great time, and I, and I meant it. All right. That's good. I meant it. Did you get any, hey, thanks, Jets suck? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I mean, look, like I said, some Giant fans have taken the role of Yankee fan. You know? And, and again, Cal, lastly, the Giants the, themselves, the players, and apparently the, the fans have adopted this as well, and that's, you have to eat it as a Jet fan, is that they can say whatever they want. If Justin Tuck wants to say that this is our house, go ahead, knock yourself out. You know why? Our coach said we were going to be better than them for the next 10 years. In a book. Uh, in a book. It in wasn't a, a book. Sound, it wasn't in a, a sound, book. It wasn't a sound clip at an MMA fight. Okay? He, he, he did that too, though, didn't he? Yes. It was in, but he flipped off a Dolphin fan. I have no problem with that. He said in a book that we're the better team than the Giants and we're going to be for the next 10 years. And then they not only lost to them this season and got beaten by them in a home game, then the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> so the, the Giants, the, the, the players can say whatever they want. And if the fans want to adopt it and rag on the Jets, well, I'm not Rex Ryan, but knock yourself out. There's nothing for a Jet fan to say except when we win, and I think the Jets will, when we win, I'll see you then. Talk to you then. I have nothing to say. What can you possibly say? You know, it's it strikes me as misguided giant fans that feel the need to take a shot at the Jets right now. Like you are having you're in a parade. You're literally there the the city of New York is throwing you a parade because you have just won a championship, right? You've just done the best thing you could possibly do in your life, right? In your sporting life, yes. In some people, in some cases, in your life. That's correct. <laughs> right? They're giving you a parade. They're, 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 there's a ceremony for you at City Hall. You're getting a key to the city. What, like, why would you be thinking about the Jets at that point? 
Right. I don't get. I don't get that. Like they're so irrelevant because they have the same complex that everybody accuses the Jets of having. I don't get it. I just don't. They're as obs- they're as obsessed with the Jets as the Jets are with them. Yeah. I don't know. It's the same thing with the Phillies and the Mets, right? The Phillies are having a ticker tape parade for winning a World Series. They're up with the World Series trophy on City Hall steps in Philadelphia. And they're ragging on the Mets. Okay. But we're obsessed with you. Uh, Mets fans are not obsessed with the Phillies. Mets fans are obsessed with sucking. (laughs) Hey, did you see Sandy Alderson has a a Twitter account I was just going to bring it up. That was the next topic I was going to. I even have his I have his first two tweets up. Oh, good. Read them. Well, the, of course, the, the, we're moving on now. Boy, nice segue. Was good. You, that worked out well. You you can't possibly have Sandy Alderson just go on Twitter and have there not be some sort of because Cal say it only the Matt. So this is his first tweet. You ready? Uh huh. Literally, Sandy Alderson's first tweet. It came. Like his, came his out yesterday. Introduction to That's Twitter. Correct. That's correct. And to all the you know everybody following the Mets, all the bad press that the Mets get, the disaster, the PR disaster that the New York Mets are. And this is Sandy Alderson's first tweet. Now it came out yesterday that he was going to drive down to Florida. Uh huh. Down to spring training. And right. all sorts Which, of jokes. All sorts well, of. Oh no. Yeah. Hilarity ensues. This is what Alderson tweets. You ready, Cal? Getting ready for spring training, driving to Florida, but haven't left yet. Big fundraiser tonight for gas money. Also exploring PAC contribution. Now, okay, now, what, considering the state, the financial state of the mess. Uh-huh. Wait, let me take it back. So I just read that to you. Uh, yeah. Is he not making a joke about the price of gas? He's making a joke about the price of gas. If you're the general manager of the New York Mets right now, right. with the financial condition that the ownership is in, how's that going to be taken? <laughs> Not well, and and certainly everyone had a field day with it. That the Mets can't afford to fly him down. But it's but but he. Do you know why he he's driving? Well, Didn't he reveal me, why he's driving? Let me give you his second tweet. Okay, his second tweet, which was an hour later. Obviously, they came to him and said, "You're not going to believe this. We're driving to St. Lucie because our dog (parentheses Buddy). Doesn't like to fly. His complaint, colon, where I sit, no lights and no stews. <laughs> okay? So he, he proving, proving that he has a sense of humor. Yeah, uh, he, that, well, that's for sure. Had to answer to the snark, sarcasm, and cynicism that surrounds the Major League Mets. Because apparently it was hilarious that the Mets that he was having a fundraiser because the Mets can't afford to give him gas money. This is so funny. Only the Mets. Cal, they cut fifty-two million dollars of payroll. 
Yeah, that's the largest payroll drop from one season to the next in Major League Baseball history. Ever. In history. And and who who did they cut? Well, they let Reyes go. Okay. Beltran's not there. Beltran. Frankie Rodriguez, not there. Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez is off the books. Louis Castillo, off the, off the books. $52 million. That's a lot of money. Otherwise known as $7 million more than the Rays payroll. It's going to be a good season. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good year. I feel like De Niro and Goodfellas when they look at the money. It's going to be a good year. They are they are major league, Cal. They are, I'm I, I'm taking we we are gonna hit we are gonna hit this analogy so hard in March, on this show we're gonna figure out who's Ricky Vaughn, Jake Taylor, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Billy Mays Hayes. We're we're gonna have everybody. There's a Pedro Serrano in there. I have no doubt. <laughs> you you bear a striking resemblance to the guy who played janitor on Scrubs. Who was one of who was one of the uh, construction workers who kept Oh Neil Flynn? Neil Flynn. Really? Janitor. Do you know what Janitor's real name was on Scrubs? What his real name on Scrubs was? No, I don't. Never revealed. Oh, so then I wouldn't know. He it. was always Janitor. He probably was. PJ PJ, can you come in here for a second? Maya. His name was Maya. Was not Maya. Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to tie it all together. Trying to put a button on it. His name was M.I.A. <laughs> well, his name was Mia. Um, I, I want to talk about this in the uh, in the fun load. Do you want to do the fun load, Cal? I think we're ready for it. I have no interest in fun loads. Wow. Who brought the jerk? <laughs> wow. I mean, Cal, I don't know how I feel about PJ right now. Did we cast a curmudgeon this week? We <laughs> did. Does Dabney Coleman join the cast of Ready to Unload? You darn kids with your sports talk. <laughs> Dabney Coleman. Wow. Now, here's what's going to happen. Oh, no, the other guy, uh, Gerald McRaney. Oh, man. He's the Oh, see, I, I was going to go for a Dabney Coleman. Oh, do it. No, give me a Dabney Coleman. We got a quick pression? Instant impression. <laughs> PJ. No, I can't do it now. It's too bad. It's the instant impression. I like that. <laughs> oh, you know what? Can we, yeah, can we get a theme for that? Get somebody with a studio? Absolutely. Well, that's, that's I, used to, I used to know a guy. Uh, hey, rack that. <laughs> rack it. I, uh, you know when I think of Dabney Coleman, I always think of Dragnet. There's like a million other movies that you could think of. I think of him in Dragnet. Dragnet? I like war games. I, I like him in war games. Oh, he's fantastic in war games. Uh, but in Dragnet, the, he's, he's got the ridiculous stuff. <laughs> take a trip right? to Paris. He's got the ridiculous southern accent in in Dragnet. Why he don't plays I believe like, you, Reverend? You got balls as big as church bells. <laughs> that's <laughs> my. That's a line that stands out. Uh, Peach, let's do the fun Hi. load. Let's do the fun load. Where's the? Uh, there's music for that, Peach. Can you can Good. you cue that up, Mr. Producer? Can you do that? Oh, thank you. All right, fine. <laughs> Please, where's the producer? Ah, there he is. Yes, it's time for the Ready to Unload Fun Load, the RTU Fun Load, brought to you by 
Huffman Coos, The Mafia, <laughs> and the recording artist Mia. Is it Mia? Am I pronouncing that right? Is it Maya? No one knows. No one in and this M-I-A. actually knows. M-I-A. Minaj. Mia. Minaj. Fun. Fun. Uh, Cal, what I wanted to, what we wanted to talk about in the RTU Fun Load is that uh, sports uh, have sucked. Uh, for the late. Uh, the, yeah. The, the Mets are in the crapper. The Wilpons won't sell the team. Uh, you know what? The Mets aren't can't be in the crapper because they can't afford a crapper. <laughs> they don't even have a restroom. Uh, the Jets uh, didn't make the playoffs, and the Giants just won the Super Bowl right. against the Patriots. <laughs> uh, things have, have really stunk. We've been heartened by the emergence of a young man a hockey player. John Tavares, you were talking about this, Cal. Please give us your uh, thesis here. I, You know, I can't give you a thesis on it. I'm not prepared for that. But <laughs> since, since this is a pop quiz and you've put me on the spot. You said you wanted to talk about this. How am I putting you on the spot? Did I say he I wanted to talk about it. He didn't want to present a term paper on it. No, I, I saved that for very special occasions where I go and do research and get footnotes and, and bring in graphs and guest speakers. I do I go I, I don't the nine Dan yards. Pete, Dan Pete doesn't realize that sometimes he asks too much. Well, he expects a lot, and I don't blame him. It's just hard to live up to it sometimes. Fine. <laughs> very well, then. Good night, John, everybody. Uh, well, I'm gonna t- I'll tell you, John, John Tavares. We were talking about the fact that there's really nothing good going on in sports. And I said, this is going to sound stupid, but the best thing in sports for me right now is watching the genesis of John Tavares. Mm. Yes. Watching a, a budding superstar. Right. A guy, a guy who's becoming literally a top ten player in the league. Right, he's not there yet, but he's he was an 18-year-old kid that we watched come to Long Island, and now over the last three years, we've watched him get better and better, and now, as a 21-year-old, he's taken that leap into superstardom, and, and it's tangible. You can, you can actually see, every night when you watch him, him getting better and better. And to me... That's that that's something that 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 I like. You know, it's it's something that's, that's exciting. We haven't really had that in a while. We you know we had um, I mean Revis was close to that, but Revis just was all of a sudden great. You know, he came out of college. We expected him to be really good, and then like all of a sudden he was just great. Yeah. You know, we didn't we didn't see it gradually be, him become great. You know. Yeah. So it's been a while since you know at least since I've since I've seen this. Um, and, and, and I got to tell you, it's, it's been fun, and it's been like my, my beacon in the sports night right now. I agree. Outside of uh, Jeremy Lin uh, and, and the Knicks, which is a great uh, story happening right now, and we'll probably talk about it a lot more next week when we don't have to recap the Super Bowl, and we'll actually talk about the Knicks and stuff, and uh, the Harvard point guard, the Asian Harvard point guard that's leading the Knicks. Never. Did you think those words would ever come out of somebody's mouth together? Um, I agree, Cal. I think JT and watching – he's even got a nickname. But I think watching Tavares and stuff, 
become a superstar and watching his skills develop on a nightly basis has made what's been a frustrating Islander season. I think they're you know they're probably not going to make the playoffs again. They have disappointed a bit, but seeing him take the leap makes this season worthwhile because you know when they put a little more talent around him, when other guys come up, the Stroms, the Nita Riders, uh, Aposto played extraordinarily well on his line. They have a superstar, but he was what you forgot, Cal. Is he was the first overall pick. Like Revis, right. Revis was like taken like twenty four, and they traded up to get him. And they, you know, they they Tannenbaum did a good great job to get him. Right. J, JT was the first overall pick. I just had the number one pick, and they took John Tavares. That's true. And the last time they did that, they took Rick DiPietro, and he's been the, the biggest disaster in the history of 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 Long Island. Wow. He has. <laughs> So that's why bigger, bigger than the Beth Page. Uh, I'm sorry, I was going to say something stupid in Long Island. There, bigger than when they closed DPA, <laughs> closed Deer Park Avenue for cruising. <laughs> that's the biggest. Uh, um, I, I I totally agree with you, uh, Page. I wanted to bring you in on this and ask you if you had um, a musical analogy. I need a, I need an analogy of music. I need you completely down on music. And then something comes along and reinvigorates you and gives you hope. Wow. <laughs> we could, we could, we could. Like he did it. He did it to you too, PJ. We could certainly time. Yeah. Oh, you guys should be thinking about these things. God, we both failed this week. <laughs> you know, I wasn't doing anything between noon and one. If someone had called me or left me a text or something that said. Why don't you think about X, Y, and Z for, let's say, nine hours from now? I might have felt like I had a little little time. Hey, look, we don't do bits on this show, all right? You either you either think I, I, we're, we're forcing the improv. Wow. <laughs> a couple – no, I got to tell you guys this real quick. I was uh, – I aming with my buddy Matt. You know, we were both at work at separate locations or whatever, and we're just BSing on over I am. That's a lot of uh, initials and uh, acronyms. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's difficult to convey humor over I am. And I am on uh, AIM a ton. Like, that's one of my main means of communication. In fact, my wife and I don't speak on the phone. We just <laughs> we either text or I am. Um, and it's really hard to convey humor or whatever. And so Matt is a very clever, very funny guy. and, and uh, But he was trying to we were trying to crack each other up and he went with something that like didn't really work. And he just, and he wrote, sorry, I was forcing, forcing the improv there. And I fell <laughs> in love with that. I, he was a director and we were actors together and stuff, but I fell in love with that phrase. I'm like, I'm going to totally start using that. Like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just hanging out, forcing the improv, you know, like <laughs> just, I'm going to use that for, I don't know, maybe masturbation. I don't know. There's a ton of stuff you could use it for. But uh, yeah, that could get filthy. Watch out! Right. What were you doing this afternoon when I called? Oh, I don't forcing the improv. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Working with makeup. Right. But this is what I this is what I've just done on the show. I force the improv because we don't do bits, PJ. So I'm putting you on the spot. Give me give me a musical analogy. I, 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 you want me to give you a time period? Will that make it easier? No. He's not the best color man in the game for nothing, folks. I was down on singer-songwriter. I thought it was a wishy-washy, mushy-gushy kind of uh, genre. And uh, then Elliot Smith happened. 
See, perfect. Changed everything. Right. Gave you a, a, a sort of beacon when you're down on uh, on everything. I, I I totally agree with that. I I mean I have my my music analogy would be might be Elliot might be Elliot Smith too, but for different reasons. I think I was sort of burned out on Pearl Jam and grunge and how and had <laughs> how how does that stuff not get tiring? <laughs> oh, you're being cynical. Um. You're being sarcastic. Cal, do you have a uh, a musical analogy there? I, I'm I'm trying to think. I... In a minor. <laughs> I wrote a song today. Wrote it in E again. <laughs> I guess it's E minor. I think uh, I, I was trying to, I, I, to be honest with you, Brian, I was trying to think of a sports analogy to go with JT, like at another point in my life. Uh huh. And uh, th- there's a couple. There, there's a there's a there, there are a couple of players like Wright was that for me with the Mets. Like Reyes and Wright were that. Yes, absolutely. Like I, I mean, you're talking about the Mets coming out of dark ages. Like they went to the World Series in 2000, and then the Art Howe stuff started. And it was just really bad, and you're really down on baseball. And I was really sort of out of it, uh, out of baseball and stuff. And the Jets were, you know, a mess. And you know, Herm Edwards blew the game in 2004 in the divisional playoffs against the Steelers. And really down on football and stuff. And then you have these two young guys that come up through the system, and Wright and Reyes that are homegrown, especially Reyes, because Wright sort of came out of nowhere. Reyes, I was waiting for. Like Reyes, you heard about right? I, I remember uh, uh, texting with McWalters uh, Wright's first game. Oh yeah, I was at Bed Bath and Beyond uh, doing a little shopping. Had to go to a little B and B and B. I don't know though. I don't know if there's time. And uh, so I couldn't watch his first at bat. And so McWalters and I were texting. Texting from Bed Bath and Beyond. Yep, you have to get his, a new low point. His Bed first Bath Beyond. Yeah. What? In, in 2004? Yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond's been around for like 10 years. Yeah, I I know, but why, I can't imagine why you would have been there. I think at the time there were only Bed and Bath. They hadn't really were, branched into Beyond. They, they hadn't gone Beyond yet? Yeah, they hadn't been Beyond. <laughs> but I, I think Wright and Reyes were that for me, without a doubt. Especially Reyes. Like, you knew 19-year-old Jose Reyes was coming. Yeah. You know what was weird for me, surprisingly? The 1999 New York Knicks, believe it or not. Oh, I love that team. Now, where? That was a fun team. And, and, and then, after the Knicks, the, the Met run of 99, because the, Met, the 99 Met team is probably my all-time favorite team. Over 86? Yes, over 86. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I love that team. I have a TV example because I, did, oh, I didn't. Well, yeah. I gave up on TV because TV was terrible in the uh, late '90s. Thank God I had the band at the time. Yes. Um, and the thing that brought me back to TV, and I think it was the start of a TV renaissance, was The Sopranos. Really interesting. I didn't think right. you were going to go there. I thought you were going to go maybe like with a sitcom or something. Not no. 
<laughs> oh, no. Goodness, no. no. 227. The Sopranos brought you back to episodic TV. It did, yeah. I can't think of anything in the four years before that was on that I that I watched. I, I, I may call you out on that. Four what years before in, The Soprano was on. What did I watch in the 90s? West Wing. Because I didn't watch Seinfeld, like, first run, you know. I waited for reruns on Seinfeld. I was very late to the game. Well, and Seinfeld... <laughs> well, uh, West Wing and Soprano started the same season, didn't they? 30-something. <laughs> I have never, ever seen 30-something. I can't you even lo- make fun of it because I don't you know. Loved, you loved Ali McBeal, and you know it. You had eight dancing. Eight. You had the dancing baby. Uh, <laughs> that was creepy. That was creepy. I don't like that. Party of Five. Party of Five. Hey, I watched. I watched Party of Five. Let's let's all be honest. You were improving at Party of Five. <laughs> Forcing the improv. Take it easy. That's a good call, though. That Sopranos brought you back to episodic TV, and you were yeah, super I- down on it. Then I started West, looking for shows again. West Wing ran from 99 to 06. Let's when did take Sopranos Sopranos. Start? Sopranos runs 99 to 07. Oh, Good yeah. call. Yeah, see? So that was the same, same year. year. That was the year. That's when I returned. I said, oh, TV's good again. So the Sopranos were the John Tavares of your TV watching. Maybe. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you know what? You know what did that for me with um, sitcoms was Arrested Development, without a doubt. I was completely down on that genre, completely down on that genre. Mm. Make me laugh. And I didn't, I didn't catch Arrested Development until season three. Like it was going off the air. I mm. didn't get a. But you know, you know what else though? During that time, was it was a John Tavares for me? Was The Office, the British Office? I was very late to that. Yeah, me too. No, I caught that. Caught that very early. I, I I actually went backwards on that. I picked up the British office after the American office. Can't do it. No. Can't do it. I mean, it was better. I liked it. I liked it better than the American one, but I guess it was watered down though at that point. Well, I just find them different. I don't think one's better or worse. Yeah, but I don't think you can go from the. I don't think you can appreciate the British office if you're going from the American office to the British office. I don't think you can appreciate a song like Outshine unless you heard Temple of the Dog first. You know what I'm saying? Otherwise, Sister you don't Shane. know what he means by Outshine! Outshine! Why are you ragging on Chris Cornell tonight? What's happening? What? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all that Sister Shakedown would play. Sister Shakedown? I, I wonder if they were good last week. I haven't talked to Keith. Oh, Sister Shockey? I felt very bad that I didn't make it. Sister Shockey. <laughs> Sister Shockey. Oh, I love it. I uh no, but I don't think you I don't think you can appreciate I think you appreciate the American office uh, uh more if you watch the British office first. Or you know what I like? I like yeah. when Jim looks at the camera. It's funny. <laughs> See, to me they I I never got into the American office and I'll tell you why. They they took that conceit that the British office used with the cameras and stuff and the and the sort of TV verte and and mm-hmm. making it look like a documentary. And Carell didn't do it as much, but John Krasinski does it all the time. They use it too much. 
used it way too much. It became I such think a, he is contractually obligated to do at least three per show. Uh, it's such a part. It. it became such a part of his arsenal that was like the line's not that good. I'll do a funny look at the camera. And the British office did not do that. Like when he looked at the camera, it was so genuine. Especially Martin Freeman, who was brilliant at it. You know, I I, I didn't like the way they used it. What do you guys? Speaking of this, what do you guys make of? Uh, we I think we all like Modern Family. Are we all on board there? Love it. Watch it with Pitch. That's way more information than anyone could ever possibly need. Right. What's what? What are they doing with the camera and the confessionals? What do you mean, what are they doing with it? It's you know, simply an acceptable form now. You don't have to explain right. it anymore. Right, they're not filming a documentary. It's simply a thing. They could be video blogging. You don't, you, you, you don't know. Wow. They don't have to, yeah. Imagine it, where we've come. Yeah, it's just, it's just a workable format. I think it's. I, I like the show a, a ton. I think it's great. I think it's cheating. Why? I, I, I see. That I, fe- I I felt the same way about Phil the first season. Phil Dunphy, the guy who plays Phil Dunphy, who's great now. But I think the first season he used it as such a crutch. He used breaking the fourth wall as such a crutch. And I could see that. And I, I don't think he doesn't. Up a, uh, an underused avenue um, for cracking jokes. Yeah, I, again, but like I said, it's to me it's cheating. It's a great show, and and we've talked about this. I think that it it has gotten a little formulaic mm-hmm. at this point, but it's still funny, and that's that that you got to give it credit for that. That you know you kind of know what's coming, but it's still really funny. Yeah, you know they're hitting a few softballs. The characters are very strong, so they could do that. Exactly, yeah. and the characters have developed to the point where they're. You know how they're going to play a certain situation is going to carry the comedy. The writing doesn't necessarily need to be there, or even that you know what's going to happen. It's still funny when they do it, right? Now I would agree I with. Just, I just have you know bizarre fantasy. I've always had fantasies about Julie Bowen, so you know. Yeah, going back to Happy Gilmore. I mean, uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore, right? I used to watch Ed. Ed. I was the one guy in the country uh, who watched Ed. Two, two PJ. I watched Ed. Yeah, you were in love with Carol Vesey, right? Carol Vesey was great, and a and a and a young uh, Jennifer Goodwin who was nothing like what she is now. Mm-hmm. And Justin Long. Oh, Justin you boys Long. are you, you boys are on some next level. You mean the Apple guy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Ian Black as yeah. the sarcastic uh, bowling owner, and uh, Tom Cavanaugh playing uh, Tom Cavanaugh. Well, you're right. Tom Cavanaugh doing that thing he does. With the Tom Cavanaugh. I can't Cavanaugh. figure out, is he drunk? Is he is he playing drunk? Looks drunk? And listen, I can't tell. You can't have a, sit, uh, a sitcom without a sassy Daryl Chill Mitchell in the show. Yeah. In a wheelchair to boot. To boot. I'm going to start calling you Brian Chill Calvi. Doesn't work. It doesn't work the same? All right. Let's wrap it up, boys. Let's do a, let's, let's, let's wrap it up. All right. Okay. Five favorite moments from Ed. Go. My favorite moment. <laughs> that'll be that'll be on the blog. <laughs> I hated John Slattery, by the way. On Ed? Oh, no kidding. On Ed. He was on yep. Ed? Yeah. I know I didn't. It's the theme song by the Foo Fighters. Come on. Yes, I know that. Speaking of, uh, Mad Men is coming back. Speaking of John Slattery. I've never seen. I know it.
we're going to do an entire podcast on how you've never seen one episode of Mad Men. I know. Netflix, please rescue me because I'm so... Cal, you haven't either, right? I've, I've seen an episode. i gotta, I got to catch up, though. Yeah. You both better catch up if you know it's good for you. I'm not avoiding it. I, I, don't, I just don't know what happened. It's on Netflix. Well, uh, that is our show for tonight. We want, want to remind everybody uh, that we are also now in the iTunes store. So go to the iTunes store uh, and under podcasts or anywhere there. Just go up to the search bar, hit Ready to Unload, and uh, free episodes of Ready to Unload. You can download them to your phone, to your iPad, whatever. You can subscribe to the podcast, uh, get them every week, because uh, we're going to be here, y'all. Uh, PJ, final unload. Um. I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, late 90s bands impressions next week. Get ready. Fantastic. Cal, final unload? This one's really simple, Steve. Hey, Brian Cashman. Really? Oh, yeah. Really, Brian Cashman? Wow. Good job. We didn't, uh, we didn't get to that one. Wow. Do you think oh, I got. Don't you think he's being blackmailed here, Cal, though? Uh, he probably is, but you know what? You get what you deserve. Yeah, I agree. And my final old note is uh, special thanks to the New York Football Giants for making this young man New Year's resolution the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. No, congratulations, Giants. And uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks. Good night, Cal. Good night, Steve. Whew.